Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. And we're right around the corner from holiday season. A lot of you are probably doing Christmas shopping right now. We're still scrounging for that last last gift. If you haven't gotten anything yet, go and check out the Harrier. Uh, they have plenty of awesome things for anyone that is interested in running or track and field. Great t-shirts, posters, all types of gifts. And make sure you use code TWN. You're going to get 20% off and also help support the show. So help kill two birds with one stone there. Uh, so today we have a few topics that we're going to talk about. So first, we're going to review the Bowerman. Second, we're going to be talking about my predictions for the Bowerman 2022. We'll have a, a Bowerman big board, essentially, and we'll be talking about that. Then Christian Coleman announces he is going to be returning to the track very soon. We're going to be talking about when and what those details are. And then closing out with the World Athletics changing a rule, and this is a major one, and we're very excited about it. So first... With the Bowerman, so just recently the Bowerman happened for anyone that isn't familiar with what the Bowerman is. It is essentially the Heisman Trophy of track and field. It's given to the best male and female athletes in the collegiate season. And so they give it out at the end of the calendar year, not at the end of the, the actual season. So even though this year, the track year ended in June or so, they give it out in December for a giant award ceremony, and this year was held in Orlando in attendance by friends, family members, as well as previous winners of the Bowerman. And so this year for the men, the people that were up for selection was LSU's Javon Harrison, uh, Oregon's Cole Hawker, and then Arizona State's uh, Turner Washington. And so Harrison in the jumps, Hawker in distance, and then Washington in the throws. On the women's side, we had uh, Texas A&M A Thing Mo. Texas A&M Tyra Gittens, and then Texas uh, Tara Davis. So run by Texas over there on the women's side. And for the winners, uh, for me, it wasn't too much of a surprise. This is who I, I predicted was going to win and really had the best seasons for the men and the women overall anyway. Uh, for the men, it was Javon Harrison out of LSU. And then for the women, it was a thing Mo out of Texas A&M. And they definitely deserved it. I mean, Harrison went undefeated through the Olympic trials, got fifth and seventh at the Olympics. I know they don't take the Olympics into consideration, but still phenomenal feat. He won the double in long jump and high jump, two doubles that we have never seen done in a very, very long time. I believe since the 20s uh, when Jim Thorpe did it. So it's been a long time since we've seen something like that. And then on the women's side, similar type of thing. Uh, a thing Mo, uh, one where she went undefeated. Well, actually, no, she, she lost one race. That was the national championship in the 400. Uh, she lost that race, uh, to a lady from USC. Can't remember, but, uh, otherwise she set multiple collegiate records, uh, national records, U 20 records, all as a freshman. So she is the, she goes back to back years of freshmen winning this on the women's side with Shakari Richardson winning it in 2019 as a freshman. And yeah, these two stars have a long future ahead of them. They have turned pro since their year. Makes sense. Javon Harrison picking, I believe it was Puma. And then a thing Mo 
going with Nike. And so it's going to be interesting seeing how they continue into 2022. Obviously, they should only get better because now they don't have all of the academics really weighing down on them. And it's now you're a professional athlete and this is what you're focusing on. I'm liking that Harrison's deciding he is going to be sticking with the long jump and the high jump. He's not just going with one or the other. He's sticking with both. And I think that's a smart idea until further notice. And with how he's performing, there's really no need for him to not do that. Thing Mo, she's been dabbling in everything from the 400 up to the 1600. So who knows what she's going to be doing throughout her career. Obviously, what she's been performing the best at is the 18, the 800. And so that's going to be her main focus. But that doesn't mean she cannot compete very well in the 4 and the 16. We've seen her do both this year. And so really, those were the clear two winners for me no surprises if they had given it to someone like Cole Hawker or if they had given it to someone like Tyra Gittens or, or Tyra Davis I would have been very very surprised uh, that they would have done that I heard in flow track that uh, I think Gordon was thinking that this was completely robbed out of Cole Hawker's hands which to me is just it's it's dumb that's that's just dumb to think that Javon Harrison didn't deserve this because Cole Hawker had a better year. He didn't. He had a great year. He did very, very well. But we saw someone do something that we never thought was possible with Javon Harrison. And he had a phenomenal uh, year being able to do this double that no one thought was possible. So it was easily Javon Harrison. Uh, for me, Cole Hawker, great year. Fantastic. You weren't Javon Harrison. Sorry, you just weren't. Uh, so now want to talk about the Bowerman Big Board. So I've came out with my picks for who is going to be winning the Bowerman right now at the, what, December 20th date. So we've had a few meets that have happened, and many meets have yet to go, and this is based off of how athletes did last year, if there were any performances this season, and how I predict them to do in the future. And so right now for the Bowerman 2022 big board, I'm going to be going with who I have so far. So on the men's side, and this is in order. So from one to 10, these are who I think are the top 10 athletes for the Bowerman. So number one, Turner Washington. Uh, then I'll just go over them all and then go through why. Number two, Noah Williams. Number three, Nico Young. Number four, Randolph Ross. Number five, Joseph Fonboulet. Number six, Sean Maswangani. Number seven, Wesley Kiptu. Number eight, Sean Burrell. Number nine, Zach McWherther. And number 10, Matthew Bowling. So uh, for me, easy, Turner Washington has to be the favorite. He's the only guy returning that was from the final last year. It was a tough year to be in it. You had two other guys that did really, really well. He definitely has an opportunity to be able to win this year. He'd have to go back winning both shot put in indoor and outdoor as well as discus in the outdoor. And I would think he's going to have to set some collegiate, collegiate records in the indoor and the outdoor uh, to be able to do it because the Bowerman seems to be really dominated by the middle distance events. Like they, it seems like that's their favorite thing as well as the jumps. A lot of the people have been in those big profile uh, competitions. So it's going to be really hard for anyone in the throws or I think like the pole vault really to win because it's just a little bit more estranged and doesn't seem like they pay too much attention to them. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he, he does pull it out there. No, Williams, uh, he had a fantastic year leading up to the NCAA finals. I think he just ran out of gas. He was doing very, very well, winning indoor nationals, and I think he just 
ran out of gas. Uh, he had the world lead for a very long period of time. I think he's going to be able to take that back. Also, I'm putting this here based off the prediction that I think he's going to be doing both the 200 or the 100 this year, because if he does, then he's definitely going to be there. He'll be able to have a double. If he just does the 400, it'll be tough because there's going to be some people here that will be doubling. And so if he doesn't do a second race, it'll be tough, but I think he will. Next third, Nico Young, just one of the stars for, for distance right now. A lot of distance runners have actually ran pro, gone pro uh, recently. I mean, we just see all the Oregon guys that have gone pro. We've also seen a couple guys from BYU just recently out of cross country that have turned pro. And he's, what, the U20 champion, or U20 record holder in, I believe it is the 5K. And so I think he's going to be able to show uh, his dominance. He did very well in cross country, and I'm excited to see how he does uh, the remainder of the year. Randolph Ross. Olympian, uh, world leader by the end of the year in the 400. The thing holding him down, not sure if he's doing any other races other than the 400. If he does end up doing the one or the two, that'll push him up there. Uh, Joseph Fambouillet, um, out of Florida, 100, 200 guy. Um, if he can really knock that start down, then he's going to be a dangerous person to watch because he's does very, very well on the second half of the 100s as well as the second half of the 200s. Where he struggles is his start. You'll see in the national championship, he was like half a meter behind right at the gun. And it's like, oh, this guy's never going to catch up. And then he does. And he and so he's got really good closing speed. It's that block start that is, is the trouble for me. And he was only, what, I believe a freshman. So he has plenty of time uh, to develop that, especially being at Florida. Great coaching staff there. Sean Maswin-Gagne, uh, also Olympian. And he's, a, he's someone that... I was juggling if I wanted to have him or Fambouillet at that fifth spot because they're both very, very close in what their PRs are, what they've accomplished, and, and all of that. And they're pretty much the same age. I mean, it is it was so hard to pick going between those two. I think they're going to have a very similar year, and they're going to run very similar times, probably be very successful. I, I see them both uh, doing well. Uh, Joseph Fambule more on the 200 side and Sean Maswin-Gagne more on the 100 side. So I think Sean will probably win the 100 and then Fambule will probably win the 200 when it comes down to it. Next, Wesley Kiptu uh, did very well in cross-country, distance guy, uh, as well as the, the 5K. I believe he won the 5K or maybe it was the 10K indoors last year. Uh, very well, very good athlete. I foresee him continuing that uh, forward. Sean Burrell, he was one of the finalists for the Rising Stars this year. He broke the U-20 world record in the 400-meter hurdles. And so I think he has the opportunity to continue. I mean, he didn't make the Olympic team because he fell on, what was it? I think it was the seventh or eighth hurdle going right around the turn, which sucked because he was one of the favorites to make that uh, USA team in the 400-meter hurdles. And so I'm hoping that he continues to develop only a sophomore, plenty of time to, to do really well. The thing that's holding him back are, are what events he's going to be doing. If he expands to do the 400 hurdles as well as the 400, then we're, we're getting somewhere. If he can, if he can start to, to win medals or get in the conversation of that open 400 outdoors as well as the 400-meter hurdles, then we're going to be talking. Uh, it's just going to be tough when you're, when you're just doing the – if you just do the 400 hurdles, it'll, that's hard to win. Uh, we saw that with Sydney McLaughlin. I mean, she had one of the best years ever as a primary 400-meter hurdle. Uh, and she wasn't able to win. So uh, if it shows you gotta you got to be able to do multiple things there. Uh, Zach McWherther, so 
Uh, he is the pole vaulter from BYU, just set the world lead with a jump of 582 uh, this past week, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And so the thing that's the most tough for him is the fact he's only a pole vaulter. Uh, similar thing, we saw Mondo DePlantis break every record in the books and still didn't win. So it's going to be really hard for a pole vaulter to win it. But if he can break a colleg collegiate records in both indoor-outdoor and win nationals, why not? And then last one, Matthew Bowling. So there's a lot of people that I could have put at this 10th uh, spot. I know um, Michael Williams is someone that, that came to mind as someone that could have gone there. Uh, Matthew Bowling was the, my last selection, mainly because he has the ability to do both sprints and long jump. So if he does really well in the long jump, as well as doing really well in the um, – in the 100 and the 200, then he's, he might be putting a, putting himself in a good spot because he did win the indoor nationals in the 200. So those are my 10 for the men's side. On the women's side, we have Tyra Gittens, Abby Steiner, uh, Talitha Diggs, Jasmine Moore, Kemba Nelson, Jardine Van Kleeken, Mercy Chalangat, Cherokee Young, Adelaide Aquila, and Ch Chanel Bursette. Uh, if you would like to see more breakdowns of this big board take a look at our instagram at track world news we posted this yesterday i think i might have mentioned that earlier but uh first tyra gittens she's the clear favorite i think it's gonna take almost a miracle for her not to win this i mean she was very close to winning last year against one of the best athletes we've seen in a very long time and so she has the opportunity to win six national championships this year and if you have the chance to win six national championships it's going to take a lot to break that she can win the long jump and high jump both indoors and outdoors and then the pentathlon and the heptathlon so that's one two three wait indoor wait long jump high jump indoor outdoor yeah and then pentathlon and heptathlon yeah six okay i was i thought i was going crazy for a second think it was only four but yeah so she's got a really great time to Really great opportunity to win um, with her coming back for her last year. Abby Steiner, she just broke the national record or collegiate record in the 300 indoors just recently. I believe she also broke the 200-meter record last year as well. So she's got some serious speed. Uh, excited to see how she'll do in the sprints in the 200. Uh, she was hurt towards the end of last year, so she wasn't able to, to finish with the national. She got hurt at the prelims. But hopefully she'll be healthy and able to compete well this season. Uh, next, we have Diggs out of Florida. She is a, a sprinter as well. I think she's got fan – she did very, very well uh, last year and was in the, the you know, conversations being one of the, one of the top athletes last year as well. She was a con considerate Bowerman um, in the Bowerman conversations. And I think she's going to be able to, to do really well. Another athlete out of Florida. Florida is just producing a lot of great athletes. I think three athletes here out of Florida for the men and the women's side. Uh, next, Jasmine Moore transfer to Florida out of Georgia. She was the champion in, I believe, long jump last year and then transferring over to Florida. Everyone knows Florida is known for its jumpers. Uh, you have former Bowerman winner. Um, yeah, former former Bowerman winners out of there. You have uh, just other top Olympians out of there. Um, so it's it's going to be a a really fantastic uh, opportunity for her to go. I mean, the, I think they'll have a great op great chance to to win the Bowerman there. So uh, excited to see how Jasmine does. Kemba Nelson, sprinter out of Oregon. She broke the collegiate record in. 
uh, was it the 60? I believe it was the 60. Um, yeah, she broke the, the collegiate record. Great opportunity um, to do well, as well as an Olympian, I believe, out of Jamaica. Uh, so she's she's fantastic. Jardine Van Kleeken, she was a semifinalist in the Bowerman last year. She is a shot put discus thrower and out of Arizona State. Arizona State has two great throwers, obviously. Well, more than that, but with Turner Washington also being out of Arizona State. So uh, if she can continue to, to double, um, she has a great opportunity. Mercy Chalangot came in second in cross country this year. One of the best distance runners we've we've seen in a little while out of Alabama. Uh, I think she's got an opportunity, especially if she wants to do both the 5K as well as the 10K. I mean, that's only going to add to her resume if you include cross country as well, since she has that extra season. Uh, then Cherokee Young, 400 meter hurdler or 400 meter runner out of Texas A&M, Olympian. Also, uh, she's someone I I see can definitely be per progressing and with the the field being a lot more open uh i i think that she can she can definitely get on the board um board there adelaide aquila so she is a shot putter out of ohio state uh so that's our our second thrower there also an olympian and so uh, i think she has an opportunity to be able to to win it once again just doing the shot put makes it a little bit more difficult Uh, i don't really think she focuses too much on the uh, the discus, but uh, if she can pull put together some collegiate records as well as uh, some national championships, you know who knows. And then last one, Chanel Brissett. So she is hurdler out of Texas. She's had a little bit of difficulty uh, when it comes to the major major meets performing well. She does really well throughout the regular season, but if she can put together a really good national championships, be able to get a, a national title, she'll be in a really good spot. She's won a ton of Big Twelve championships. And I think um, she'll have a great opportunity to, to do fantastic there. So that's going to be our Bowerman big board. Uh, a lot of stuff to, to, be, to go over. So um, fantastic. I'm excited to see who's going to win. If it's going to be anyone from this, this first setting or will it be someone that we didn't mention? Uh, keep tuned in. Uh, keep being tuned in. We are going to be updating this throughout the year with new people uh, that are are taking over. So that's going to be the first installment of that. And then next one that we have, Christian Coleman is finally going to be racing for the first time since February fifteenth of twenty twenty. It's almost been two full years. He's just finished up serving his eighteen month suspension that he was given back in 2020 for whereabouts issues. And so he's going to be competing on January 29th at the Milrose Games. That's going to be in New York. And this is a star-studded field. Uh, He's also going to be along with, well, he's not racing against her, but I think Mo is going to be there. Raven Rogers is going to be there. They're competing against each other in the eight. Katie Najat, Sandy Morris going against each other in the pole vault. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other great professionals that are competing there at the Armory in New York. And then on this, Christian Coleman said, quote, I think it will be emotional to come back here and finally show my worth again. Like we mentioned, it's been nearly two years since he's been able to compete. And so he, he's finally able to, to step on the track in the 60, a race that he's done very well in in the past. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be doing this year. It's been a long time. Is the first race going to be the deciding factor of how his entire season's going to go? No, of course not. If he runs a terrible race or if he runs a fantastic race, that's not going to be the embodiment of his career this season. This is his first race in nearly two years. It's crazy to think he's only 25 too. Like he's same age as me and he's still, uh, it, it's not like, so he's still got plenty of time to be able to make more Olympic teams, world championships teams and everything like that. And uh, so if I were to guess like preemptively how this race will go for him, I bet you he, he does very well um, or he'll win if, they, if he's going to be like the, the star, I would love for it to be him versus uh, Trayvon Brumell. That would be fantastic. Having two of the best 60 meter runners going head to head, that would be really fantastic. But I'm excited to see him come back. It's been a long time and this is only going to add to the parody of the men's sprints right now. I mean, really, there's no one that you can predict to win this world championships this year. Like, without any certainty. It's not like 2016 when it was Usain Bolt and everyone else. This year, it's anyone and everyone's opportunity. You have uh, Jacobs, who is the Olympic champion. You have, uh, you actually have Curly that's there, DeGrasse. You have Bracey, Bramell. You're going to have Coleman coming back. I mean, there's so many people that are going to be racing that are have an opportunity to be one of the best 100 meter runners or 60s or 200 meter runners there's just so many people and it'll be exciting to see what that's going to be especially if coleman comes out here running his best so that's going to be pretty exciting and then uh last thing that we're going to be talking about and that is the world athletics has announced that they're going to be changing back their rule that they just talked about or they just instilled last year where the finals for jumping events are only going to be included of the last three attempts. So the idea of this was to say, hey, let's make the finals the only thing that really matters and is the most exciting part where you have to win in the final, doesn't matter what you do in the prelim. They kind of took the the thing that they did with every other race where it doesn't matter what time you run in the prelims, you have to run it in the finals. And then they did that with the jumps and people lost their mind. And I think rightfully so, it makes sense. But when you break it down like that, it's like, okay, I see where they're coming from. Cause it's like, if you run the fastest time in the prelim, but then you don't run that fastest time in the final, should that still count as a win for you? Because you ran it in the prelim. But uh, so that's essentially what I'm thinking their argument was. And everyone else says, no, these are, this is just like one big final. Like if you make the, if there's a prelim of a race and, or if there's a prelim of long jump, and then there is an actual long jump final, those six events, those six jumps are your final. And so they're, that's how they're treating it now. Where as long as you jump the farthest, uh, or the highest in the, no, yeah, it's the farthest, sorry, in those last three jumps or last three throws, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's those three it's throughout the entire competition, which I like uh, because it doesn't you, you're not going to have someone that throws the farthest in the last three, but clearly wasn't the best thrower of the day, didn't have the, you know, the farthest throw that would end up winning it. So I'm glad that they're going back to this the way that literally every other track event is going. Sure, you, you tried something out. It was interesting. Now put it back. And um, another thing that's cool with World Athletics is that they're going to be pausing the track while final, the last three events or the last three jumps are going or the last three throws are going 
for the field events, which is good because while you're watching a track meet, you might just be infatuated by everything going on the track and then you're not actually watching the field events, which many people might want to see. And now they're going to be pausing that so you're able to, to actually see it and then those athletes can can get their due because if you know, a lot of people – I hear distance runners going, oh, my God, like you're not showing half of our, you know, 10K. It's like, yeah, well, you don't show any of the jumps you or any of the field events. And so you only get a highlight that covers who the winner was. So I'm glad that they're going to be doing this. Of course, it's it's not the best thing where you're actually having all of the events being all of the jumps being shown, but it'll do. Uh, I'm, I have made my viewpoint shared that I think they should cut out a lot of events and I also think that they should just have the field events going all during like the intermissions like they did in indoor nationals where they had the long jump and the high the long jump the pole vault and the triple jump going on at once in the middle of the day and so you just go from one to the other to the other I love that I wish and more track meets would adopt that model but uh, still should be good and that's going to do it for this episode of Track World News. Let me know what you think. Uh, who did I miss on the Bowerman Big Board? Are you excited for Christian Coleman to finally make his return? And do you think this rule change is good and warranted? Let me know. And if you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different highlights, clips, news bits opinion pieces, all types of stuff that you definitely don't want to miss out on. So make sure you do that. Also, give us a like, subscribe, follow the show, leave a comment. Only takes you a few seconds, but it really does mean the world to us. So if you could do that, that would be much appreciated. My name's Colin. This has been another episode of Track World News. Have a good one. Happy holidays and peace.